Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Forever. Dog. Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Collins. Uh, my my spiritual tank of love is full, overflowing. Why am I Lin-Manuel Miranda right now? We'll never know. I hate what I just did, but I'm not going to do it again because <laughs> I'm a one-take wonder. Uh, my guest today, um, continuing from our earlier episode, he's just he's a comedian, a writer. You know, my heart is so full for you, Gabe. I love you so much. He's uh, one of the executive producers and writers on Pen15 on Hulu. Has a new animated show coming out called Q-Force, which, uh, when is it out? When When is the release date? June 2021. <gasps> 62021, baby. Yes. I'm so excited. Are you ever going to make me a voice on that show? Everyone I know is on it but me. You got to do go. it. We got to get a season Here we two. go. We got to get a season You got two. it. I mean, Gabe, I'm available and I'm good at it. I'm sure you are. I mean, you have the best voice in the world. I can't believe I didn't think of that. No one thinks of me for anything. It's fine. I, that's why I have to bring... You know why? Because I'm a bad networker. I'm just not good at it. Ugh, I don't like God to ask people for things. I'm doing it here almost as a joke. But really, am I joking? Do you? Are well, you good I, at it? I wish I could change things. No, don't I be wish, silly. I wish... like I'm like stupid. I didn't think of it. No, don't be silly. Ugh. Are you good at networking, though? How do you feel? It's tough, isn't it? 
it's tough. It's embarrassing, but it's important. Like you, the people who do it and ask literally do get what they ask for, which is annoying, but no, I'm not good at it. I'm embarrassed about it. Um, I, I, you know what? I think that this is like a New York person Mm. thing that I feel like the hustle is really respected in LA and it's really disdained in New York. You um, have really um, hit the nail on the head. Yes. It's like here you looked at like a piece of shit in New York. Who the fuck do you think you are? It's dorky. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It's, it's not like cool. And then out here it's like, well, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that was a big, when I moved here in my thirties, I was like, Oh, there's a very different attitude about work. Everything. Food, life, love. Yeah. Uh, LA for me was you, it's like truly like scan my DNA and then have like a horror movie negative of it and make a city based on that. And it's LA. Like it's just everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the reverse of every uh, natural instinct I have is what LA is. Yep. That, that tracks. Right. Except, except, and I'm curious, I always say this, but I do love an Orange County moment, even though I know that it's like truly the capital of QAnon white supremacy. Like I do love a yeah. Newport shopping day. Like I'm, cause it's like kind of Miami. The mall, the malls. They've got the ocean. It's beautiful there. And I love Pasadena, another place, not loving the Jewish people. Oh, I, so what's that about? I love Pasadena. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Mm. We went to Pasadena together on a shopping excursion once in your Did Milan. We? Yeah. Where, where'd I take you? We went to, I want to say J. Crew and West Elm or something like that. It was like the, <laughs> you know, the strip. Yeah, because we we walked around the Silver Lake Reservoir. Oh yeah, and then we weren't done hanging out. Did we go to the Americana together? No. I think we went to the shopping strip in Pasadena where it's all the stores are along that one street. The Cold Stone Creamery and the Colorado. I think it is. I think it's Colorado. Colorado I love that boulevard. Yeah. It's the yeah. most beautiful boulevard. And then I also feel like there are gang fights we on it. We may have. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you're like, we wow. Also, go on. We may have gone to the container store. I definitely the, remember this. I remember pulling yeah. out of the garage and it was yeah. on the corner. Yes. To pick some stuff up. <laughs> I did make Gabe Liebman come with me to the Pasadena <laughs> container store. This is why our friendship has lasted this long because you're kind to me and you're good to me. I, the, uh, I miss those And my days. neighbor has a Mercury in Milan, and I think of you every day. The QAnon one? No. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I was really upset. Oh, good. No, nope, nope, nope. This, uh, God, I don't know if it's, a, I, I've only seen the woman who lives there. Um, but yeah, she's, uh, she's an adorable little gardener. <gasps> what color um, is she's out Milan? there every day Gray? trimming, and yeah, she has a Milan in her driveway, and I'm going to take a picture of it for Wait, you. Wait, what color is it? Do you know? It's I mean, I want to say it's navy. Yes, that's a beautiful. Wow, that's a killer yeah. One. It's definitely it's either black or navy. Gabe has uh, is responsible for probably one of the funniest texts I've ever gotten in my life, which is when <laughs> I made and you'll remember this. I made the mistake within the past six months of looking the VIN number up of my Mercury Milan, which my Milan was my heart and soul. Gabe, how much did I love that car? I it's I associate it one hundred percent with you. I would believe if it wasn't for my neighbor, I would think it was a custom made car for you. <laughs> Do you know that I see them? This is not even a joke. I'm like a mother to that car. Like I saw one on the highway this weekend. And I remember thinking, 
It still looks good. I thought I said, you know what? 10 years later, because they stopped making them in like 2010. I said that shit looks like it's off the fucking factory floor. It looks great. It still looks modern. (laughs) It's the most comfortable drive. It had great mileage. That car for me was like a gift. I loved my Milan so much. And then I looked the VIN number up and because it was like an Azul Blue. Everyone calls it the Milan. It was my car. I don't know what happened to it. I, I sold it back to CarMax. I got a lot of money for it. I think I got like nine grand for it. And I only paid wow. 17 and I had it for five years. So it was like, okay, I'll take it. You know? Yeah. I don't know what happened. It went to some auction. I don't know who ended up in it, but Gabe has seen the photos. Cause I sent them to you and I don't know why yeah. we don't talk that much, but for some reason I had to send it to you. Yeah. And it broke my goddamn heart. It got, it was in a collision. I mean, I have never seen a car, unless it was used in a monster truck rally, <laughs> ending up in the condition that my my car that I, I've made out in that car. I had, Ugh. all my furniture was brought in that car. Like, I mean, I love that car. And it looked like, well, what you wrote to me, do you remember what you texted to me? No. Oh, God. <laughs> Gabe said, did it fall over a mountain? It looked like it go over a fucking mountain. I'm like, I know. It was crushed. And then the funny thing is in the back seat, there was like a pair of underwear and a baby shoe, just one. Oh, and no, no, no. Yes. And I remember thinking, I think everyone was okay in the car because why? And by the way, for me, this was like the ending of a dramatic film. The, uh, where the people were sitting, that part was not really crushed badly. It was the trunk and the engine were like paper thin. And then where right. the people were looked okay. So my hope to God is that everyone inside was fine. But what happened to the Milan? Oh, well, here, here's your next podcast, A True Crime. Wow. Oh, my God, Gabe. You, yes. You're going to find, yes, find security cam footage with the license plate. I'm going to hire a private investigator and I'm going to yeah. do an entire, that's so, this is why you have a Netflix deal and I'm sitting here <laughs> in my underwear wondering where did it all go wrong every day. That is such a good idea. You got to do it. All right. got to do it. Tracy, we got to make this happen. Let's talk about your show. Uh, instead of me rehashing the past, I'm truly turned into Al Bundy. I'm Gal Bundy. <laughs> Every episode, I'm just like, let's talk about the past. Um, uh, Daniel and I, we watched the first couple seasons of Married with Children in our like just insane quarantine binge. Yeah. That, the beginning of that show holds up so well. It's so funny. It is so funny. Yeah. And what I don't remember, and it does take a turn, towards the sort of like bro crowd that are just there to clap for when Kelly, for Kelly walks yeah. the door. But the first handful of seasons are all about Peg. It's a Peg show. She's the star and she is so talented and so funny. And they had a lot of women writer and writers and directors. It got like when bad you watch the credits. when the original Steve left. Um, mm. I, I, there are some, um, uh, Marcy Darcy episodes that are funny, but yeah. it, it became gross out humor only. But even yeah. through that, because I think that they were showing it on TBS in like the middle of the night, which is when I thrive with sitcoms, even then it still was funny. Like even, um, there's still the joke writing was still so good in it. And I'm sorry, Ed O'Neill, by the way, also hot. Can we talk about that? That is, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel was always like, wait, what is wait a second. In the beginning, he's kind of ripped. He's fucking hot. Like, and by the way, he still is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Gave your lips fell off. Pick them up. Um, I, I just, yeah, that whole show was great. And even little David Faustino, it was great. I, it's funny that you're talking about going back to watch these sitcoms in quarantine. Cause I really, when I reverted into like 
dummy eight-year-old territory when this thing first started. And I just was yeah. watching stuff from the 90s. I was like, I watched all of The Critic, which, by the way, I <gasps> howled with laughter. It's still so funny. Oh, that's so smart. I got to watch that. It's on, like, Tubi or something. You have to, like, find I, hack it. My, my cousins and I used to just remind each other about the, the cutaway on that show where his lipo backfires yes, and he becomes and stuffed. a <laughs> And he becomes a, a statue from Easter Island in a parade. Yes. And how hard that used to make us laugh as kids. Like, I can still bring it up to them now. We're all in our 30s. The reverse, the, when the liposuction reverses on the critic was maybe the funniest thing. Well, also, seen, listen, so. John Lovitz is someone who, I don't know his deal. I don't know if he's a good guy, a bad guy, his personal life. I don't really right. care to know. When you go back and watch early episodes of SNL, I mean... See, it kind of bums me out that he he had a big career at one point, but he doesn't yeah. carry the same sort of weight as like, uh, obviously, look, Eddie and Adam Sandler and all these people were like mega, mega stars. But Lovitz is one of the funniest ever. Even on Seinfeld, he was funny when he used to yeah. do on SNL Evil and Quinn's. Do you remember this? No, oh my God. I, I have them literally saved on my laptop as like <laughs> quick times because they're so funny. He would play this like Rococo, like white powdered wig <gasps> yes. with a mole. And it would be like the the hall, the something in the traveling booth black. And it would just be like Tom Hanks, all sweaty, making love to Victoria Jackson. May she rest in peace mentally. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and he would just be watching and be like, Oh, well, I think, I mean, he would just do this voice where he'd get so turned funny. on by this scene or whatever it is. No one's funnier than Lovitz. He's the best. Oh, so funny. We should try to get him on the pod. You got it. I mean, you're, you might be the only one who wants to. I bet he'd be thrilled. I know, but then I'm worried that he would be weird and creepy. And then I'd be like, oh, you know, that's right. backfired too sometimes, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess he won't do it now that I said that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's cross that one out, Tracy. Can we talk about Pen15, please? Yes, 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 yes. Um, first of all, it's one of those shows, Gabe, and I know you know this already. Does it ever get just sickening of how much people love it? Because I feel like every tweet now is like, this show has changed my life. I love it it's, so much. I find it very gratifying because it was a very, like, underdoggy, scrappy experience to mm -hmm. make that show. Like, it's not one of... It's maybe the smallest production I've ever, like, gotten to be on set yeah. for. It's... It was really like made against the odds because it's such a strange concept right. that it it was hard for Hollywood to buy into it um, or think that it would work. So I find it very gratifying to hear that it struck a chord with people because when we were on set making it, I remember thinking like people are either going to be obsessed with this yeah. or no one's going to see it. And I'm so glad it's the other thing. I mean, it's, I think that you actually did my old podcast when season one came out. Cause I remember we talked about like the sexual scenes and how that has to be yeah. filmed very um, carefully because for those who don't watch the show, which, what are you doing? Uh, these are two, how old are the the girls in real life? Maya? They're like 32 ish. They're, They're in their thirties. Grown yeah. women, hilarious women playing themselves as teenagers basically. And but all the other actors are young. So were things, cause I actually felt like this season 
was less sexual. There were less scenes where there were like makeouts yeah. and stuff. I noticed that, which was fine by me. It's not like I'm some creep, but <laughs> I, I wasn't like, we're okay. I guess we're not getting makeouts this season, but was yeah. that conscious or did that just happen to happen? Like it just happened. It was like, we just chose the stories we wanted to tell. And so much of the first, so what, what's out right now is the first chunk of season two. Oh. There's another chunk coming. Um, oh, I didn't know that. And it just wasn't all filmed in time before <gasps> the coronavirus lockdown. When is second so, chunk coming out? It'll come out in 2021 at some point. Oh it just God. needs to be shot. There's just like very little bit that needs to still be shot, but it's a very, like I said, very scrappy production. So it's shot completely out of order. Oh. So there's actually a little chunk missing of the whole thing. It's not like just the last episode isn't filmed. I see. I see. So it's, um, so yeah, so this first chunk was, you know, very much like meant to be what happens in the wake of a hookup to these kids. So they, you know, the girls have this quote unquote threesome at the end of season one. And then you just, as a kid, I, I, I never had hookups as a kid because I was gay and everyone hated me, but Aww. like, and the, like, like little baby Gabe on the show, maybe like little baby Gabe. I love that that just made it to the air. That is so special. What? <laughs> the, the, all the Gabe stuff. Oh, the little Gabe I stuff, just, which we have to talk about too, because it's, it's so good. It's, yeah. he's so, first of all, I screen grabbed my favorite moment from the yes. whole season, which is him backstage with the old man makeup on, just looking at himself. I, yeah. A scene has never spoken to me more than that. I was like, that <laughs> is like, it just spoke. You said, this is me. I, yeah. Literally. Like I was the bearded lady. And um, what's that fucking Hugh Jackman movie? The greatest showman. I was like, this is me. Like just some fat kid with old man makeup on. Who's just like ahead of his time and not yeah. understood. And just, you know, sweet as sugar, like such a sweet little boy. Yeah. But that, I mean, how much of that, like is you is that a horrible question you have the same name we have the same name he was very Anna and Maya and Sam who created the show Sam like directed all of the episodes that are out right now Mm -hmm. um and wrote a bunch of them directed a bunch of season one created the show with the girls um they were just really like welcoming to what was my experience and the the first year we had very few writers on the show we got a couple more for the next season Mm -hmm. um but it was just like you know the girls and sam are pouring so much of their biography into it and they that just was the vibe of how to write this show what did it feel like what did you experience and so they really wanted to hear what it was like to be like a closeted gay kid Mm. at that age and you know some of it's me but a lot of it, a lot of my actual true experience was like too sad and too boring <laughs> to make good TV. So it's fictionalized. And but, you know, there were a lot of the truth of it was there. The sort of like the way that Gabe is mean to and hates Ian, the other boy in his class that comes across very gay. Oh, yeah. That is very true to life Aww. for me. And, um, you know, what I mean by too sad and too boring to be on TV is I just mean like, I never had a fake girlfriend. I didn't jerk off with my friends. Like there was, there was things like that where, (laughs) yeah, so sorry. (laughs) there's things like that that just never happened because it was so taboo Mm. to even code as gay back then that people didn't come close enough to me to experience that. That was my real experience. It was just 
the sort of like do not the tabooness of it all. Don't even mention it. That's yeah. what it felt like. But that doesn't necessarily make good television or good storytelling. So the sort of fake relationship with Maya, I think, is like a nice way to show um, that isolation in a way that's more cinematic. And but definitely like the Sweet. part, and they filmed it so well. The part where Gabe is watching Sam wrestle, and oh, he's so in love, and he can't say it. Um, that is very much what I experienced. That's exactly what it felt like to me. And I felt that was, they pulled that off beautifully. And Sam pulling away towards the popular boys, Mm. um, and feeling like I'm off limits right now, but I still want to be on limits. That was something I experienced a lot. Of course, like my telling of that from my own biography would be like my friends, my, my boy, guy friends Mm -hmm. could tell I was gay and they moved on but it was more but but like we had age like in middle school yes definitely Mm. and of course like now we're all adults and have like reconnected in different ways um I'm also a bit older than what's being portrayed like you know we were in college together in in the 90s I know but it still feels (laughs) it's still in the 70s Gabe and I were yeah yeah it does still feel relevant though even though we missed the mark but it's still 90s enough where like even the way that they dress and I mean uh, um the tall who's the tall actress I'm an idiot Anna Conkle Anna Conkle who here's what's crazy about Anna Conkle she looks exactly like my least favorite middle school teacher and who I hate so much (laughs) but who had a daughter who looked also like her who I did not like either and so it's weird watching her because I I relate so much to her like just being tall and so dorky and like just that whole vibe that she has is like oh god I'm watching myself except she's like skinny but (laughs) <laughs> but I also, it's just like, it brings up so many memories for me, like seeing her in general, but Maya too. I mean, the two of them are also so quirky yeah. and so funny, which was, you know, certainly how I got through those years too, just being funny and, you know, the funny yeah. tall girl or whatever it is, you know? And how much of being funny at that age is just quoting movies. I uh, Ace Ventura is why I didn't like off myself probably. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Quote that. And like, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's You'll the title. Carry on the pod. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, it's, I will say this about little Gabe though. The actor, what's the actor's name who plays Gabe? Dylan Gage. He is like, I want, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence about, I always joke, like I'm on the fence about having kids and it's like, well, you better figure the fucking shit out. Cause I have like <laughs> two dusty eggs left with like anime eyes, like do something. Um, but I would have a kid if I could guarantee that it would be that actor. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. if I knew that this like sweet boy was going to be my son, like I only want to have kids who are fucked up. I don't want to have like some popular piece of shit. I'd be like, get out of my house. Like you are not yeah. my blood, you know? But looking at him, I'm like, well, my joke is that I wish I could have just a chimp. You know, I want to raise like a little chimp in a little costume because they're so fucking cute. Um, and then I want it to kill me, like rip my face off. And then yeah. I'm like, uh, like, that's how I'd like the rest of my life to play out. Just a fantasy. But but he's so sweet. But the actor, he had something go viral. I don't know if you saw it this week. No. Did you see this? So I have to find it. But he he gave an interview, uh, I believe, to Kevin... Fallon, oh, if I'm not yes. mistaken. What did people do in, yes. in the past? Yes. He said, I'm gonna, it's right here. He Kevin Fallon, who writes for um The Daily Beast, 
interviewed him. And this actor, he said, I think the craziest thing is just like, what did they do all day? This is about people like you and I 20 years ago. What were we doing before cell phones? He said, like, they didn't have YouTube back then. They didn't have memes to share. The video games that they had were like Nintendo 64 and stuff. So I I genuinely don't know what they did all day. And (laughs) it's it's kind of a read on our childhoods in a way, because I'm like, he's right. Like, what the fuck did we do all day? Did we do rode our bikes? Like, what did we do? Watch TV. All the, I remember there was an extra, you know, there's so many background act- actors, you know, because the scenes that take place in school, you have all the kids in the background too, yeah. who don't have lines, but they're there to act and they're in period dress and their props are all from that era too. And I remember there was this adorable little tween girl and her prop was a disc man. Oh my God. And I remember her turning to the assistant director and asking how do you facetime on this i want to i I want to show my mom i am there's a skeleton sitting in my chair on the zoom i i'm i'm out of i'm out of words i mean and this woman the assistant director just being like how do i even start like there's not facetime on here there's actually not even the internet there's not data like this and what is a cd and all of like she Mm. just i could see the wheels turning like how do i Explain to her, you'll never FaceTime on this. I am so happy we had CDs. I'm so happy that we had physical things that contained things we loved, like books and CDs, instead of just this fucking rectangle, where now (laughs) I feel like I can't even find new music because I the even the way to do it, like instead of going to the store and like walking through the aisles and having those listening stations, like all of it now is just like, here, like take it, you know, just here, you want to take it. (laughs) Like it's nothing. Morning mix. Yeah. (laughs) I don't oh my know. god! My biggest nightmare is listen to the same thing in the morning. I listen to the about? same shit all day. My my worst <laughs> nightmare is someone opening up my Spotify and putting on like my like these are the songs you listen to most because it would be it would end oh me. God. It would end my career. It would certainly end any relationships I have. I mean, it would be over. Yeah, for me. it's all like it's, little shop and like it's so dorky. I was, I was gonna say mine is way too much Broadway. Yeah, more Broadway. than you would ever think. I didn't know that yeah. you were a Broadway person at all. I don't like. I don't think that. I don't even know if I am, but I love, there are certain songs I will always come back to from musicals. And they're some of my favorite songs I don't ever. know how to love him. Literally. My favorite song. I love that song, but also everything's all right. I, yeah, there's. Sing that, so sing that, much. sing that. Everything's all right. That one from, <laughs> I can't. I like, See, can't I don't sing. love that one. I just love Oh the- my God, I love that. The one where Judas is like so like judgmental oh that is very you <laughs> actually that is you you are a judgmental judas gabe liebman that is your vibe but actually it's that same woman yvonne elliman oh um, i only know the sarah borellis version from the nbc oh, one have you heard it with brandon victor dixon <gasps> with our fellow college friend bvd yep unbelievable i know yeah, I, wa- I watched it on tv i thought it was great it was really good have you ever heard um blood brothers no well, I'm just going to sing the whole thing right now. I hope you have nowhere to be. Okay. What time is it? <laughs> uh, wait, Tracy, have I talked about Blood Brothers recently? Because I literally gave them running out of material. My brain is like, you know, in a horror movie when two walls are closing in and there's yes. someone getting crushed. That's all of my ideas. Like, I have nothing left. I feel like every week I'm on the air for 10 hours in the morning. Then this week I've done four hours of this and I feel like I have oh no God. more stories to tell. I'm done. How um, could you? It's, I mean, but that's, only you could do. I actually think you're like the only one who could host so much. I think you're so, so nice. 
made for it. Thank you for paying me a compliment after the hours of compliments <laughs> I've paid you. Thank you for turning the tables and saying something nice about me. <laughs> okay, wait, Blood Brothers, listen, it's, oh my God, okay. wait, game. It's so good. So it's um, British and uh, I, my number one. And I saw it with my mother in like the 90s with Kiki D, who you would know from Elton wow. John's. Don't go breaking my heart. I wouldn't if I tried. That's her. Yeah. She played the main lady. And basically it's about this woman who's like broke English piece of shit. And she has six kids. Somehow in this universe, their neighbors are rich. I don't know. I don't ask too many questions. Follow me with it. Right. She finds out she's pregnant with twins. And this neighbor is like, Mrs. Johnston, give one to me. Like she can't have a baby. And I think her husband thinks she's pregnant. She wants to have kids. So she goes, give one to me. And there's a song. Oh, I could do the whole thing for you. Each day I look out from my window. You would shit. Some of the songs are bad. But basically she convinces the woman to give her a baby. And she goes, now listen, you can get, you have to give me a kid, but promise me they'll never ever find out that they were related because if they find out that they were brothers, you're going to kill them. That's the concept (gasps) behind this musical. Wow. So of course she, oh my God, in the scene, please, I'm crying. How do people think of shit like that? The Bible, baby. It's the Bible. I feel like biblical shit. (laughs) The first book ever. Let me, um, I think it was written, written. So wait, and there's a scene too where she's like, um, my husband is due back any moment, Mrs. Johnston. I, I must have my baby. And she goes, well, go on the back and see which one you want and just take him. And she's like, oh, well, no, I couldn't possibly. And she goes, just take him, take him. And she, t- now she's Irish, but she takes the baby and she doesn't know which one she took. <gasps> and what ends up happening is these two, and there are songs in this musical that genuinely, some are bad, but some are like, I think the most beautiful songs ever in Tommy, It's Not True and Easy Terms. The second this podcast is over, I'll do a listening party with you on the damn Zoom. I don't oh. care. You'll shit. And they end up going to school together and they become friends. They find out they were born on the very same day. They pierce their fingers and become blood brothers. <gasps> Blood brothers. But they don't know that they're related. And then the oh. rich one grows up and he's um, like addicted to pills. He's like rich, fucked up. Like he's depressed. He marries a woman named Linda. Leave me, not now, Linda. Leave me alone, Linda, constantly. <laughs> and then the other one is like a thief and he's into the other kind of drugs and they're just both fucked up. And at the very end, I'm obviously spoiling the whole thing. It came out 30 years ago. At the very end, <laughs> um, they find out that they were brothers. <gasps> and she goes, I couldn't keep you both. I couldn't afford to keep you both and and he goes why didn't you give me away I could have been him and he shoots him and himself oh my god oh! wow it is honestly I have chills and I know it I please look at my arm I am full of goosebumps it is seriously great and that's all I have to say please Do you listen watch to world it. of dance never With Jennifer- oh okay no. <laughs> well Goosebumps are a big part of the judging there. And Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, she calls them gooseys. Ew. You gave, me go- you gave me gooseys. And it's like, that's their catchphrase. It's That's their Paul Hollywood handshake is if you give Jennifer Lopez gooseys. No, I don't like that at all. <laughs> well, one other thing. There's a great other reality show called um, The Great Pottery Throwdown. It's on HBO Max. Do you watch it? I'm tearing through it. Oh. I'm already on season three. Wait, honey, I've watched every episode. Oh, my God. Because guess what? I it's watched it illegally so before it was on HBO. Except okay, for season two. Smart. smart <laughs> Isn't smart. it good? It's really good. I love it. I love the whole cast. Uh, 
I mean, and, and of course, that judge who cries. Well, so here's the thing. There's a judge on the show. He is built. He looks like a true cartoon monster. He's humongous. He has yeah. horrible hairstyles, but he's a sweetie. And he gets emotional when something is like very beautiful or hits in the wrong way. But I find that he cries too much. It's like, dude. that Yeah, Daniel's over it. I'm over it. Every second yeah. he's crying. And then and and it and it makes the other two the host and the other judge say, ah, every time. I know. Um it's it, it's a little um manipulative. Uh, very much. But by the way, I love that show. But I love it. Uh Brooklyn Nine Nine had a cult following that yeah. was staggering. I mean, it when it got well, it got let go on Fox and then it was picked up by NBC. I mean, it's just yeah. But now, given, you know, in light of everything, I'm just curious. Obviously, you don't work on the show anymore. Is it over for good? What's the deal with Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, they're making one more season. Okay. And um, I'm in, t- you know, these jobs are so social. Yeah. Like, you, I, I would never, I don't think I've walked away from any of my jobs I've been lucky enough to have without making friends with the people. You just work. It's so social. So I'm really in touch with all of them. And, of course, during um, the Black Lives Matter moment and hopefully is not just a moment but is hopefully a world-changing experience for everybody um you know i immediately just reached out and thought like what are you guys going to do about this and obviously the whole anyone who's tracking the show was wondering the same thing and it seems to me like it's really front of mind for them oh good um and not something that they plan to ignore because there was like a time when it was okay for comedies to ignore certain things and just sort of exist in a fantasy world. But from what I get from my friends who still work there, it's very much something that they, they know that they have to reckon with and not put out propaganda. <laughs> um, because they're, they're very lovable. I, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. the show is hilarious. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I saw suggestions that they said, maybe they can make them postal workers. Uh-huh. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a funny idea, but also how do you really do that? Yeah, I think you know. I, my gut says that they're going to stay cops. Like, I, don't, I actually don't have the info to spoil. Yeah, so no, I, I get it. And don't do it, yeah. <laughs> but um, my gut says that they are going to stay cops and they're going to address it head on in a sensitive way. The The cast is so um, talented and so diverse mm-hmm. and um, they care. And the writers really, they, they know... They know what they need to do. Mm. Um, I wouldn't expect for it to be a season where everyone resigns and, you know, the NYPD is in a fake way shut down or something like that. I think that they plan to keep a foot in reality, but I would imagine you're going to see the characters struggle with it and they're each going to have to make decisions. It, I believe it's their final season too. Wow. So they have a lot of leeway to get pretty creative. And they're, they're smart, sensitive people. Well, it was an amazing run, too. I mean, how long, many seasons are we in now? <sighs> yeah, I think that this would be season eight. Yeah, it's insane. Which is nuts. Yeah. It's, I, I always think, you know, how do you just keep that train chug-a-lug-lugging? How do you yeah, do that? It's, it's, and when I worked there, it was the longer seasons where it was 23 episodes a season. And it, it's such a grind. I mean. How the fuck do you do that? <laughs> it's just hard. It's just hard work. Yeah. And it, you feel like uh, your head's in a vice, you know, just trying to get squeezed for ideas. Um, but then that's when you try and just keep it fun and social and make each other laugh. Um, writing for TV yeah. is the one 
you know, I've written things. I, you know, host things. Yeah. I'm not a good actress, but I will say I'm not a terrible actress, but I'm, I'm horrible. <laughs> hire me, hire me. No, but I will tell you that <laughs> writing for TV is the one skill that for me, I, I didn't jump on board early enough to try to do it. I was, cause I'm a lazy person. So it just seemed too hard. It's like learning a language. I was like, I'm, I can't do it. And right. I've never been able to really like squeeze a pilot out or anything, even just the formatting of it. I, I don't know what my, it's intimidating. Pro- it is. And it's like, even to think, in the voice of a different character other than my own brain is really hard to do, you know? So I kind of, I have just so much respect for you guys to be able to do it. I think if I was in a room, is it? Yeah. 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 Thinking as another character, like what would this character say? It's, it's almost weirdly back to like improv where it's like, yeah, what I, you know, what would Anna say right now when confronted with this is like exactly how you write Pentateen or Mm. in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And in a lot of the shows I've worked on, the, the writers will pitch a joke in the voice, like almost an impression oh, wow. of the actor. And it is almost like seated improv in this weird way. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what I think is the funnest. And I think it's like uh, maybe why I don't do a ton of stand-up anymore because I I actually prefer thinking of jokes as a different person other than myself. Isn't that funny? And when it comes to like writing an observation of what, what does Gabe think, that really intimidates me. Well, also stand-up, the, the grind is so intense like you're seeing such incredible success doing what you're doing here and i feel like as a stand-up to see that same equal success you literally have to hit the lottery jackpot of luck you can be the funniest person ever and it's like it doesn't necessarily translate in the same way you know what i mean because agreed and and i think that's true of like any career in and and how much of your like hourly life has been put into your hosting and your comedy and your cabaret stuff too. It's like in order to do it right, you have to give your time. And that's why you don't do a million. That's why people don't find success doing a million different things. Yeah, that's right. Cause you, at a certain point you funnel your energy. You got to start honing. That's you hone. You got to hone. E.T. Yeah. Hone. home. <laughs> <laughs> or it, what and that's why ET you're able phone, to huh? host a radio show and a podcast and do your cabaret act and all of that stuff and lead with Michelle Collins, Michelle Collins, Michelle Collins, because that I think is where you put your mm. time, effort and considerable talent. Oh, he's back, baby. He's back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know, Gabe, I was thinking of putting a Christmas album together, like a funny one. Um, yeah. Not like necessarily a parody album, because it would be like, if you wanted to write a Christmas song with me um, for the album, do let me know. That would be an easy thing for us to crank out, by the way. That would be fun. I Let's discuss that off pod, yeah. because that'd be fun. Wait, can we talk before we go just about Q-Force? Because yes. I, I actually don't know a lot about it. I know that it's your show. This is Gabe's baby. Um, yeah. Animation seems daunting like to even hire animators what is that whole process like so daunting um and it takes forever i mean we're coming out in june 2021 and that is not delayed like we actually have stayed we've been blessed to stay on schedule through this whole um pandemic and so lucky um and yeah it's just the process of animation is really 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 technical and it takes a really, really long time. And what I've learned is that you can get, like, the the technological breakthroughs they've made are, like, making it more realistic looking, but not going any faster. Right. Like, it still just takes forever to do. Um, but it, it, it has been really fun. Is the style of animation going to look like something we've seen before, or is it, like, a new look? 
It is no. I think it'll be pretty familiar. It look, it's like two dimensional. Um, the people look like people. They don't look like jelly beans. It's not like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, it's not. They're not a jelly beans. You know my favorite They're line. Not little jelly beans. My favorite line big... from the Real World London. You know the, <laughs> where Jacinda is looking up at Sharon. I bring it up once a week. Where Sharon, oh the chubby God, girl, is on yes. the is on the tightrope, and Jacinda, the model, goes, "Sharon, you look like a big jelly bean," and she's like crying. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyways, go on. Sorry, you hear the word jelly bean? So, I have yeah, to say, no, it. The, the people look like people. Yeah. L.A. It, a lot of it, it takes place in L.A. L.A. really looks like L.A. What's the concept uh, of the show other than just the concept is uh, a ragtag squad of lgbtq super spies who are like the runts of the intelligence agency that's hysterical um sort of like once you come out of the closet you can't be fired anymore but it doesn't mean they're ever gonna like give you a case so they (laughs) Um, they like store them away in a yeah they're they they are sent to head up like basically the cia's office in west hollywood that's absolutely hilarious by the way so so are they solving (laughs) crimes in weho they solve some crimes in WeHo, but they're also trying to prove themselves on the global stage. Mm. And um, they, they're they sort of just like the underdogs. They're, they're the people no one is rooting for. And they are really good at their jobs, but they also fuck up a lot. And um, it's 10 episodes, half hour. And there's some through lines. Like there's some cases that take a little bit longer. There's some surprise twists and it's an action comedy, which is something I've never gotten to write before, but I am obsessed with action movies. So what's your favorite action movie? I know mine. Mine is the second Jason Bourne movie. Ooh. Wow. Ultimatum. Uh, Supremacy or ultimatum. Yeah. No, the The Bourne. No, the Bourne identity. Which is it? I think it's Ultimatum. I, I love that I said it's my favorite I know. One you're like, it's called the, the second. Wait, Born? Yeah, that's the best one. Uh, what did I say? I, so I said Supremacy, born. right? You said Ultimatum. I said Supremacy. Did I say Ultimatum? Fuck. You're definitely right. And I believe that's number three. Ultimatum is, I'm looking it up. Just give me, give my phone nine hours. Yeah. So you're right. Supremacy a second. That was that's a good one. That's my favorite series. I love the diehards. I love, but Jason Bourne, that's my one. My I favorite diehard so controversially, which is no one else's is diehard oh vengeance. I was going to say number three. Yeah. Number three is, is the best. It's the best it's, with the, uh, the bottles and, and Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. So I also say Jeremy's iron. Thank you. The Simpsons. Also, uh, <laughs> Sam Jackson, who is, so funny in it. And by the way, so funny. He, I mean, that movie, Bruce is so funny. Everybody in it is good. The only one I would say kind of lags is his ex-wife really sucks in it. And um, that's it. All the Nazis, all those hot Nazis in the elevator. Yes. Like, put me in that elevator. Um, yeah. I love it. But my favorite action movie, again, has a comedy twist, True Lies. Oh, True Lies is amazing. True Lies yeah. for me. Oof ticks every box the acting is phenomenal it's sexy it's funny uh it just i mean it's it's just everything to me that movie yeah that is such a good call well that's our time (laughs) 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 no i'm trying to think because i do love action we are gonna wrap in a second i do love action movies too but 
It's lately none of them have been turning me on. Why is that? I'm trying to think if I've seen a really good action movie in the past five yeah, years. That's a really good question. I mean, they be, they became very Marvel. Well, I don't do Marvel centric. movies. I yeah. can't. And that became like the big, you know, almost everything is branded Marvel or Star Wars now for I the know. last maybe five years, which are not my genres. It's not my oeuvre or my genre. They're yeah. not either. So I, yeah. The I weirdly I mean the Christopher Nolan Batmans were kind of good. No, you're shaking your head. No. Um, no, I have a rule that? that my movies have to be under seven hours for me to oh, remotely yeah, enjoy well. it. And the Dark Knight, I would say the first hour of the Dark Knight is like really exciting. And by when Ken Burns showed up for episode <laughs> 19, I was like, can we put a wrap on this? It was yeah, when, yeah, ugh, right. so long. So long. Yeah, maybe I just like 90s and turn of the century. <laughs> can you imagine? Action movies a lot. Let me say this. Um, I can't tell you how excited I was that you were able to do this today with me because it just like every time I talk to you it's almost for me like therapy because you make me laugh so much and I just adore you like more than almost anyone else so here's what you have to do to support Gabe Liebman you got to watch pen 15 which you should do even if you hate Gabe honestly look watch it um it's uh, just so funny congratulations on so many deserved. Did you watch the Emmys from home? I didn't like them, but that's a separate story. No, I turned it off. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Pen15 <laughs> on Hulu. Um, you also, well, listen, once Q Force comes out, maybe you can come back to the pod or call I would it love to Sirius. To. Uh, but that's out next summer. But if you're not already following Gabe at Gabe Liedman, L I E D M A N on Instagram and on Twitter, um, you're just, you're the best there is. And I, I, my dream is to one day collaborate with you, even if it's just like, over like a single bucket of tequila. Like I just want to have t- quality time with you, Gabe. I well, adore I am, you. You're a biggest fan. I think you're so brilliant. You're so funny. You're so beautiful. Oh my God. And you've been such a good friend and thanks. Yeah. Well, we will definitely I miss collaborate. You. I think you're the best. I miss you too. Um, that's our show guys. Thanks for listening to midnight snack. If you want to leave us a review, uh, my haters out there, go for it. And my lovers, <laughs> I'm always waiting. But if you love the podcast and please tell your friends about it because it just, I want people to hear, you know, all of these amazing guests I have. Um, and of course me, cause I'm selfish. That's it. Follow me on Instagram at Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. This has been a Forever Dog production. Midnight Snack with Michelle Collins is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Gabe Lopez. Cover art by Ben Wiseman. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com mishcall. M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.